Hello and welcome to the Read and Entertainment Podcast, episode 399 for Mother's Day, May 14th, 2023. Joining me this week, we have Connor, the cyberpunk monk, Besh. It's me. Happy Mother's Day, all you mothers. And because it is Mother's Day, we let her out of the basement. It's Nicole, <laughs> Nick Lotus, Robertson Carroll. Hello, happy Mother's Day to all moms and mom-like figures, chosen and given. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. How's your, how's your slice of bread that we gave you? It's, it's, it's divine, Good. truly. Did, did your, so your kid's four now? Jesus Christ. Uh, well, speaking of, speaking, speak of the devil, he's knocking yeah. on the door talking to yeah. me right now. So, yes, honey, what? <laughs> this is perfect etiquette for this show. Perfect. I'm so exactly. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Bard, sweetie, we're recording right now. Can you come back in a little bit? Go talk to dad, honey. He can help you. The joys of motherhood. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. No, no was... I love this. This child is my whole world, but sometimes I just need him to leave me the hell alone for a little while. <laughs> so that uh, my question was, so he's four. He's to the point where he can like form sentences and, and thoughts. Oh so, yeah, we have we have full conversations. He's a little person now. It's a little nuts, actually. Yeah. So, did he get you anything for Mother's Day? Yes, uh, he actually did really well. Uh, unlike me, I need to silence my phone. But I always have my phone silenced. Always. Trying to be professionals here, okay? I know, I know. I'm sorry. My do not disturb hours are set for my work hours. <laughs> it's okay. But, Nobody's gonna listen to this. You're fine. Yeah, it's all right. This isn't the one that but, people listen to. Well, uh, but no, I I uh I got a pretty good haul this year. Oh, good. Because uh, my Bard, my son, wanted to uh, wanted to get me flowers, and so he helped his dad pick out this really cute Lego set that is a bouquet of flowers. So I'm looking forward to building that and putting it on my desk at work. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, and I also got the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, soundtrack on vinyl, on like specialty, like purple and yellow vinyl. So my 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 inner my inner like gothy Mosin kid is very happy about that. Yeah, when I don't do vinyl records, but when oh yeah, and, and of course my inner hipster naturally. Yeah, when um, Persona Five came out originally on you know when it first released uh i think think geek had like a set of vinyl records for the soundtrack for that game and they were all different colors they like it looked really cool um and then i have yeah, i would love to have that one but it's like a hundred dollars yeah i have i have nightmare before christmas on laserdisc pretty so, rad yeah so it's very it's similar uh, you except can tell for I was born in the eighties, I use the word red. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good. Did you play? Or wait, first off, where can we find you? Or do you have any social media links you want to advertise, or do you just want to skip to the what games you're playing section? Uh, well, I guess at the moment, for uh, just just professional purposes, I'm I'm on Instagram nrc underscore on underscore kunc. Yeah. Uh, not Twitter so much anymore, apparently. No. No, no, we've uh, K KUNC as an organization has paused its use of Twitter following NPR's example, and I decided to do the same. Yeah, so you're not, not missing out on much. No, no, you're not missing out on on much of anything at all when it comes to 
Twitter. Like a, a, a larger portion of me every day is like, I should just delete this. I should just stop. Um, well, I've uh, I've heard I've heard Aroa talking about how quitting Twitter has helped his mental health, and that actually brings me around to something that I want to mention after we talk about the games I've I've played because I know that's what you're trying to ask me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask uh, what what games have you played this week? We'll we'll do it person by person this this week. Why not change it up? Okay. So, what games have you played this week, Nickel? Okay. So uh, this is going to sound a little bit repetitive, reminiscent of my last appearance on this podcast, because I uh, am, have picked up today again, The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog for the first time since it came out. And I talked about it on this podcast the first time because parenting and full time job and, and moving. So, yes, and moving. But uh, no, I, I, I moved. I had already moved after after or before my last appearance on the podcast. But in any case. Got to pick that back up, and you know, I think I'm getting pretty close to the end. And I, I wish Aroa was here because I know he played this, and and he could kind of offer some insights on it. But it's it's just really fun. I've had uh, I, I haven't followed like all of the oeuvre of of the Sonic universe and whatnot, but I I have a very pretty strong connection to it, just in a nostalgic sense. Playing the Genesis games and watching the '90s cartoon, uh, the the dark, edgy, environmentally messagey one, not the stupid one so it was really happy it, it was just really fun to play that and also i finally got back to uh horizon forbidden west the uh burning the shores game, right? expansion yeah yeah it's the second game and the burning shores expansion or dlc i'm talking about it sounds like i'm talking about wow when i say expansion but anyway the dlc burning shores came out i guess i think it's about a month ago and I got a couple hours into it, and then I finally got to pick it back up like last night and today. So my my mother's weekend has been mostly devoted to my girl Aloy, and it's been great. That's oh, good. Yeah. I hear I hear good things about that game. When I was when I was at uh, Sony for a year, they somebody told me that when for when Horizon Zero Dawn. That what it was? Yeah, that yeah, Zero Dawn was the first one. The first one. When that game came out, uh, leadership actually bought a bunch of people that worked at the studio that game and been like, "Play this, study it. We're stealing shit." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It is. Both of those games are just so visibly, uh, visually stunning, mm -hmm. and you know, even I mean, I I just get so immersed in in the world and the care, and it's it's just really amazing. Honestly, I know this sounds stupid because it's been years and all kinds of things have changed, but it's still really satisfying as a woman to play as a really awesome woman lead character. What? You want to play as people who relate to you? I, I used to dye my hair to look like her a few years ago. <laughs> I cannot say that I've ever done that, but I have painted my face to look like... Well, actually, well to be I fair, red was my color for a while anyway. Yeah, I had my girlfriend, you know, do face paint for him. I feel like Halloween I remember you a couple or, years ago. I was gonna say I feel like I remember you having, but that was a wig. Didn't you have a clown wig that one time? Yes. Like a decade ago now. Yes. You're old, Nathan. I am. I am getting old. But we're gonna move on to Connor. I think I'm where... older than both y'all. I think yes. you are a little older than me. Yes. I'm looking uh, down the barrel of forty now. <laughs> I'm. I'm. A, I'm still the best of them. I'm still a few years off from that, and yeah. 
we're going to move on and not talk about our inevitable getting older and ask Connor, where can we find you? Uh, you, I, I, I was going to say Twitter, I guess, but I don't really do that much anymore. So you could find me wherever fine podcasts are found at, uh, at Rollmongers. That's that's really the only content I create that you would be interested wait, in hearing wait, about. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, hold up. on. I just what? said roll. Sorry, hold on. I've is been this editing. April? Is this is not April first, dear? No, I have been uh, I've been editing our old episodes. So pardon me for that oh, that slip oh, of the tongue. Oh, don't go uh, to Rollmongers. Screw don't those go to guys. Go to Clinton's Core Classics, uh, Rise of the Rune Lords. You could find it anywhere that fine podcasts are found. You could even now listen to our original episodes because they don't suck so goddamn much. Yeah, they're getting better. They're getting better a little bit each day. And uh, what games have you played? Uh, well, I've been busy editing audio, and I've been busy creating uh, paint, I guess, painting stuff. So uh, I've been looking at my video game playing for the last week or so. I've gotten about two hours in of Mega Man and two hours in of Shenmue 2. And I've been doing the math. That's like 20 to 40 minutes of each game each night. That's about right. Man, I wish I had more time to play video games, but boy, do I really appreciate those 20 to 40 minutes each night I could play in bed. And uh, yeah, get a Steam Deck if you don't already have a Steam Deck. It's such a great console for just that. I don't... I mean, you know, I pl- I'll cover that in a minute, but like, I I like being able to work from home as much as I do because it gives me more time to honestly slack off and play video games during work. It's pretty great. Don't let your employer know that. Uh, my boss knows. They know. They they understand. My my manager is really cool. Like, to the point, I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast before, but there was a time last year where I had a couple days off, and I was going to lose them. And my boss was like, do you want to take Thursday and Friday off? Because you have to take two days off. You have to take these two days off. Um, And I was like... You know, I was thinking about that, but I know somebody else has taken that day off and I didn't want to like, you know, have help desk be empty or whatnot. And he's like, I'm the manager. That's my problem. And I was like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that is not what most managers say. Most of the time you're like, I need to take this day off. And they're like, find somebody to cover for you. That's uh, that's cool that you have a cool boss. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you didn't get to play much, unfortunately. Hopefully. That I, I do have a, a little quick of a story too. I just a, a handful oh. of Battlefield again. If you have a computer with ray tracing, I think this is one of the better examples of games that utilize it well. Uh, but that's not what I want to talk about. You guys know that uh, that that silly spaceman game that I play, uh, Space Station Thirteen. No Man's Sky, yeah. Yes, No Man's Sky. No, no, no. no Man's Skyrim. Uh, there... No, it's it's Space Station Thirteen, the Bob the Chip Challenge of space games came out in like 2004 and i'm still in love with it uh, as are thousands of people uh we're in the middle of what's called a gray tide and i've probably talked about this on this podcast before that's when there's a whole bunch of new people call it a gray tide because when you're uh, a new person like just a staff assistant your uniform is gray uh I, i don't really mind it so much like there's a lot of people who grief and don't really understand that you're trying to like accomplish objectives and not just sabotage other people because haha it's funny but every once in a while, I find somebody who's like, you know, you know, they'll just they'll ask me in a in a way that's not complete jerkery, or you know, they'll, they'll seem like they'll be doing something, and I'll see they're doing something obviously wrong. So, uh, long story short, I was teaching somebody how to make sarin, uh, serina toxin. Uh huh. 
And uh, they, I was like, hey, you know, here's my com. Go ahead and message me. Feel free if you have any questions. Uh, make sure you do it safe. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, one thing I didn't mention to him is uh, make sure you wear a hazmat suit when you do that because it's dangerous. You're, you're making uh, toxin. Right. And, you know, some things maybe you don't necessarily think you have to say. But uh, I did notice for a while I wasn't getting any more messages from the guy. And, uh, yeah, I went to go and check on him, and, and lo and behold, there was a body laying on there. And I was like, uh-oh, someone forgot their suit. So you, in, you inadvertently what? got someone killed? In a, in, in a silly Spaceman video game, yes. Yes. Well, that's fun. I'm, I'm happy for you. It was an enjoyable, funny story. I, I got a sensible chuckle out of it. Good. I am going to move on to myself now. And you can find me on Twitter, I guess, at Reeton, or you can go to Twitch. I'm there Monday through Friday. I probably won't be there this Tuesday. Um, I, I got my stereo replaced in my car today, and I think my friend blew a fuse or something. So uh, he's like, okay, bring it by the shop. I'll, I'll fix it for you, but I need better tools. And I was like, okay. So Tuesday, I probably won't be there, but Monday through Friday, typically... 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. I am playing games. Uh, last week I played on Monday Redfall with uh, Durga and Sarah, and it's it's it, playing it with friends. It is janky, but it's not terrible. It is definitely like a five or a six out of ten, which is about the scores that it was given. It's if it, if I were playing it with casuals like just randomly picking up people to play with i wouldn't like it as much and if i were playing it by myself i would definitely just drop it and not play it at all because it, it is a cooperative shooter it's fine it, it's all right i don't know it's it was included with game pass so i can't complain too much the uh tuesday wednesday and thursday i can complain about because i paid a lot of money for this uh, and it's Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And while the game is... It's, it's, it's a great game that has lots of optimization issues where it will start running fine. It'll run fine for a while. Like, I changed the settings and made them all good. And then I'm like, oh, it's running at, like, 60 frames a second. And then you move into a new area, and I'm like, why is it, like, going down to, like, 40s? And it's because it's got to, like... Or, uh, recache the shaders and that takes a second so you'll notice like hitches down to like 30 or 40 frames a second and you're like that's not cool stop it um, but it does it every time so you start up your you start up the game and it says hey we're optimizing the game to work on your system where it caches the shaders and then it doesn't cache them all it only caches some of the shaders. So I assume it's an issue whether you're on a high setting or low setting graphics because it's not necessarily about the quality that it has to load. It's just the fact that it needs to pop out and in assets dynamically. Yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, when I, Dead Island did the same thing and it ran pretty flawlessly. Like you would start it up and it would say, hey, we have like 11,000 or 12,000 shaders where we're, Putting in, and it would take a minute to, you know, cache those shaders, but then everything worked great. And so I don't know if that's what's happening or or what, but it it's fairly not 
greatly optimized. And it's not just me that's having the issue. People with 4090s are having issues like that. So uh, that being said, it's still an incredibly fun game. I'm enjoying it. Using force powers and pushing people off bridges will never be not fun. Just like walking up to an enemy and they're like, get him! And then they all just like fall off the edge of the level is great. I love it. Every time I see that cute ginger guy in the trailers, I remember how I need to finish Gotham. I don't. Uh, the TV the show? show? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I I don't know who you're talking about because I haven't watched the dude from Star Wars. He um he plays a character who I think is pretty widely accepted among the fandom is supposed to be Joker. Oh, okay, okay, Jer, Jer, yeah, Jermaine or whatever his name is. Um, I've seen some videos on it. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, how does this? Uh, but that makes Sorry. sense. So, so it, it was just a random thought that popped into my head, and I so, thought it would be funnier than it actually turned out to be. I'm so sorry. So now, well, that's my my question: Is Cal Kestis played by that guy, or is yes. it just okay? So that yeah, makes that's the sense. same actor. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, you you also did it with the wrong audience because Connor and I never watched that show, so we're like, I what? I'm um, neither a DC nor a Star Wars fan. You are totally barking to the wrong choir. <laughs> but but yeah, and that also makes I sense. doubt that either one of you would be like, oh, that cute ginger guy. Like I just said, I don't. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I I do like gingers, but typically I I like cute ginger girls. Anywho, those are nice too. Yeah, exactly. Anywho, um, the third game I played. Well, actually, I while I'm at work. I uh, I play games sometimes when the queue is empty, and I will play. I I've been playing Game Dev Tycoon. Oh, right on. Um, and I, bit of Goldie. That's yeah, fun. I pretty much beat it. I I I'm to the point where like every game I release is like an eight or a nine, uh, or you know all tens, and then I have like you know three or four hundred million dollars. And I you got to it. your you made the best lemonade. Yeah, I got to uh, yeah, I got to level thirty five or year thirty five, and they're like, the game's over. You can keep doing stuff, but you... Donkey's video about it's over about Game Dev Tycoon is amazing. Yeah, and so I was like, you know what, I'm having fun with this, and those types of games are are really good for when you're working from home because you can just pause them, and it's not like. It's not super intensive, so you can like even start a task and like turn around and start, you know, doing a ticket or something. And so I was like, "What's a good game that's that's similar to this?" And I bought Software Inc. And so on Friday I played that, and I struggled a little bit with it. I I did some contracts, uh, made some money, and then they're like, "Okay." you can make your own software or hardware if you want. And I was like, well, let me, let me try software. And I figured out, so you, while making the software, you can either choose to do everything yourself or you can hire like publishing companies or whatever. You can hire a publisher, um, you can hire marketing, stuff like that. But they take a percentage of the profit. And I was like, nah, I'm gonna do everything myself. That shouldn't be that hard. By the way, that is that hard. And... <laughs> Uh, I think I sold three copies of my first antivirus program when it released uh, because the marketing wasn't great. 
and they're like, hey, this this product is good and it's pretty bug free, but we don't know who the fuck they are because they didn't have any marketing. And so I was like, oh man, I went from like, you know, 70 something thousand dollars to less than less than $20,000. So I did a few more contracts, did quite a few more contracts, got up to about $100,000. And I was like, okay, my company's not, you know, in the red anymore. Let me try that again. But this time, like, we'll make a sequel to that product and we will actually go and, and see what we can do when we hire a marketing team and a publisher. That'll just distribute everything for us, which takes about 20% of your profit away or a little bit more than that. Uh, yeah, and it released and people actually bought it and we made like $400,000 overnight. And I was like, oh, that's how it works. <laughs> Good. Um, and then... I was like, okay, so what can I do now? And I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, what's this manufacturing button? And they're like, okay, so in order to do manufacturing, you got you got to set up a manufacturing plant. So you need conveyor belts. And I was like, nope, not not doing that right now. <laughs> Sounds like a game Connor would really like. I, I don't know, man. I'm a big fan of those cookies and clicking on them. It doesn't yeah. sound much different. Uh, it sounds like it just has a couple extra steps. Yeah, the the you have to like actually set up a printing press and all that to like be able to print copies of the discs that you're going to be sending out and like you have to have conveyor belts and all that jazz and I'm just like, "Okay, that seems Do you remember that uh, I sorry to interrupt you. Do you remember no, no. that I, I think it was called Accounting Plus. It's a VR game that it, it's like one of the the go-to demo games people try out. It I sounds like it. that but with Less of a focus on mini games and more of an incentive of big number go up fast. Yeah, pretty much big number go up. And like, uh, you'll like, there's, there's steps to it. So, like, say you're doing the antivirus software, you choose what features have in there, what to, what to have in there, but also, um, you know, you hire people to help work on it. You can have your guy work on it, whatever. But you have the features. And then you go through like the planning phases and the more iterations that you make of the planning phase, it will lower the amount of time that it takes to like do bug fixing or the actually, actually building the product. Because if you only have like one version of it, bugs are going to creep up and, or the complexity is going to be in there. So you go through that phase, then you go through the building phase, and then the, then after that you go through the bug fixing phase. And all of that takes time, uh, where if you're publishing it yourself, it doesn't really matter. You can kind of set a date, but it doesn't matter because you're the one publishing it. But mm -hmm. if you choose to have a publisher, they're like, it needs to be done by July of next year. And so you don't have the time. You might not have the time to do the all the iterations so you have to spend more time in the end bug fixing so in computer science and you may or may not know some of these terms i'm about to techno babble your way there are certain schemas we follow especially in the development side of things that are like uh just make sure that we're on focus and developing you know consistently we're gonna follow the waterfall pattern or the agile pattern that's probably things you hear in business meetings that agile don't I've heard a lot and it, you know it's probably not things that necessarily apply to your meeting but like the business managers and developers, that's their that's their livelihood right there. 
And yeah. I wonder how well that game handles you implementing different changes like that. Because I, I guarantee you the developers know about that. And it sounds like you're, like, what you're describing right there, that it sounds like the gameplay would be following those different patterns on your own. They even, so they even have, like, you're running a business in that game. And I'll probably play it again sometime um, on stream. But so that you're, you're, you're running a business, you can hire employees. And, like, the game's even like, hey, you can hire employees. Like, if you hire them fresh out of college, you don't have to pay them that much. But they will, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to be as good of a programmer as somebody who's, like, a senior programmer. But you hey, can hire them. You can, can send it outsourcing your labor to India? Yeah. Uh, you can hire them for cheaper. Uh, and then also that makes it, if you hire them directly out of college and you give them their first shot, then they're going to be more, more loyal to you and not leave the company at some point or be less likely to leave the company for a better job because you're the one who gave them their foot in their door. Um, there's also uh, benefits. And in the benefit tutorial, it says, so you can set benefits like vacation, like all sorts of stuff, but like vacation and stock and free food, catering, stuff like that. And if you do these, that means you can, you can use these benefits to potentially argue lower salaries. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm the asshole. I, that's what I, love I it would when be. when a game lets you be the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's and just so you know, I've heard that before we move on. Uh, I, I used to work with somebody that worked at Pixar, and he's like, Yeah, they have like full catering and stuff at Pixar, like, like five star chefs and stuff that are working there. And, um, you know, they're great, but they but Pixar actually pays like 20% less than the industry average. Uh, because of and they're like oh but we offer you all these benefits and my friend's like yeah that's great i would like more money because you're making me live in southern or like in the bay area in california and all the houses here are over a million dollars so uh yeah that you can be the jerk in software inc you can be the one that's like hey we give you two weeks or three weeks paid vacation um, so we're going to cut your salary by a little bit and that would be awful to be that person. I'm, but, I'm sure they, they all love it. I'm sure there's no issues that happen. No issues. I'm dramatically changing, uh, people's livelihoods for the sake of profit. Nope. Never had a problem with that in America. We're going to move on and we're going to talk about some news stories now. And Oh, Hey, can I, can I jump in for just a second to no. put in a plug for episode 318? <laughs> Is that the uh, Aroa? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's. It's very funny. I agree. I enjoy that episode quite. I a just, bit. I just, I, I have to, I have to talk about this because this, that was... this past. Go ahead. I was gonna say that episode was recorded when I met Nick Lotus in real life. Holy crap! That's when we were you were in Vegas. Vegas. That was when. Oh I was my in god! Vegas. That makes yeah. it even. That makes it even more special. Yeah. So that oh my was God. Uh, yeah when we when we hung out I think did we hang out on Sunday or was it Saturday I can't remember Something if it was like a Saturday or Sunday but yeah that was when uh they but yeah were we doing met up for lunch and yeah. and he <laughs> messed up and didn't record Connor's voice 
Yes. And, and, oh my God. Okay. But that, oh my God, my mind is blown. I didn't realize that that was the timeline. And that just like cements it in my heart as literally my favorite written episode ever. (laughs) I'm sorry that you were not in it. That's, that's okay. (laughs) That's, that's what most people say. (laughs) This is my favorite episode, but that's the one I wasn't in. Uh Uh-huh. But anyway, but, but anyway, uh, cutting to the chase. Episode 318 of the Reet Entertainment Podcast is, yes, uh, it's when when uh, Nathan's away and Aroa and Connor did the podcast, but uh, Aroa did not record. There was some glitch with the recording or issue and, and Connor didn't get recorded. And so, and so Aroa like redubbed all of Connor's lines. Yep. And it's the most hysterical thing ever because... Like about half the time, he makes Connor sound like comic book guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> no, that's then... just how I sound. Yeah. No. Oh no, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse me. Um, actually, I sound a little bit like this. But then, about like five, like a uh, two, three percent of the time, like one, once in a while, he'll Aroa will say something as Connor and it is dead on and it's a little weird and creepy but I I'm, I'm here for it I love it I was it is a literal riot and a half yeah it was good that was that's my favorite episode too uh it was just I, I remember listening to it and I was like what's going uh, wait a minute this doesn't now, sound right and now that I think about it it's like and, and now that you told me you know it's like oh my favorite episode of Nathan's podcast was being recorded around the same time that I actually met Nathan for the first time in real life. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, I don't know. I don't know if my mom emotions on mother's day can handle that. <laughs> yeah. All those, all those mom, mom emotions that happen when you're, when you're pregnant, like, my, well, I, I'm, I'm sure something changes in you while you're pregnant. That's like, well, I mean, when you when you create an entire ass human being with your own mm-hmm. body, yeah, that that's that's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, we're finding like, <laughs> hormones and stuff gross. Yeah, I know. We're gonna move on, and we're gonna talk about some news stories. Uh, Aroa, obviously, as you can tell if you're listening, uh, wasn't able to make the podcast today, but he has thoughts, so we will cover those thoughts when we get to those stories. And Nathan's uh, first... gonna do Aroa's most this time. No, I'm not. Yes, um, please. I can't. I can't do voices. Um, so I'm. T- we... I'm telling you, just like bad '90s cartoon Wolverine impression. That's all you got to do. No, I, I haven't seen that show in like ten years. I may have watched it like ten years ago, but we're gonna move on. Uh, secure boot in in in. Windows. Well, it's used for Windows, but Secure Boot is something that's that's used in BIOSes and it's like Nick Nick Lotus won't do this, but Connor, when you set up a computer at work, do you ever have to disable Secure Boot? We actually, uh, we like one of the first things I did before the pandemic breakout uh, is my I was responsible for like the Windows 10 upgrades on computers. And one day, uh, we got back from a deployment to find out that the, the morning that the staff came in and started turning them on, none of them were working. And we're like, huh, what the hell? Turns out they had updated overnight, and because Secure Boot was off, it was like, hey, uh, this no longer meets our TPM requirements, and we're not going to boot to Windows. Oh. So we had to go back and turn it all on so it would boot. Oh, not Windows 11. No, this was uh, on Windows 10. This is 
uh like 2018 early 2019 That's probably weird because we do our our imaging system is awful um but we use we use clonezilla we use a third party tool to do cloning and and so we'll use that and in order for it to boot into clonezilla it will uh it'll require secure boot to be turned off and then we can go back in if we want to and turn secure boot back on, but we like never do because it doesn't matter 90% of the time, unless apparently something happens with your specific situation where it breaks the install. But we've never had that problem. It wasn't so much that the install was broken, it's that they updated something and TPN was like, that's not the same machine it was a second ago. Fuck you, I'm not booting. Oh, that makes sense. So... Um, apparently there is a secure boot issue and it says Microsoft will take a year to finish patching it. Um, this one was brought to us by Aroa, I think. And yes. so he said, he said, first off, I forgot today's Mother's Day. And then I forgot to tell you that I'm not going to be there because of Mother's Day. Um, so he said on the Windows thing. On the one hand, it's not going to really matter since everyone just puts an ISO on a flash drive to reinstall Windows, but it's another instance of Microsoft pushing features on, onto OEMs uh, with secure boot that ends up causing problems for everyone else. And here's a problem. Nobody else uses secure boot. It's just, I was actually going to bring up that exact point. I can't think of anything but Microsoft that uses, or requires secure boot, that is. Yeah, exactly. This is apparently something called Black Lotus Boot Kit that was discovered in March. The original vulnerability is a long thing that I'm not going to say. Was patched in January, but the new patch for blank, the, the new one, addresses another actively exploited workaround for systems running Windows 10 and 11 and Windows Server version going back to Windows Server 2008. The Black Lotus Toolkit is the first known real-world malware malware that can bypass secure boot protections, allowing for the execution of malicious code before your PC begins loading into Windows and its many security protections. Secure boot has been enabled by default for over a decade on Windows PCs, sold by companies like Dell, Lenovo, HP, Acer, and others. PCs running Windows 11 must have it enabled to meet the software's system requirements. So, with Secure Boot off, technically your computer is is more vulnerable. But now it doesn't matter because even with Secure Boot on, they can bypass that and execute code before you're even loaded into Windows, which is pretty amazing. Um, I, uh, the the interesting about like, I don't know a lot about how much of a cache your BIOS has before it boots into an operating system. So having a malicious payload that could fit into that small of a cache, like, you know, just, yes, it sucks that you're doing that, but it's also kind of like impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, I don't, you don't have much the BIOS. I'm going to look it up. So you're going to have some keyboard typing, but BIOS I get, I get, I get. size. I'm guessing it's going to be like kilo to megabytes. It can't be that like megabytes. It's got to, it, uh, it's got to hold it when it flashes an update, but it's, it's other than that, what does it really even use? It's, it's re I knew it was really small. It's about 32 megabytes. That's actually bigger than I was expecting. Yeah, me too. But that's, you know, 32 megabytes, that's still not a lot of space. 
Um, but Not I mean, for something that could corrupt your entire operating system, you know, you got to think that's a that's a lot of work that little bit of space has to do. Exactly, and that's actually a problem that they have with like AMD motherboards. Um, you know, we have the AM. There's a we're on AM five now, but the AM four platform, uh, you could theoretically on one motherboard just update and support all the way from Ryzen, the first gen Ryzen, all the way up to Ryzen. 5,000 series? The 5,000 series. But what would happen is that this 32 megabytes would fill up, and so they would actually delete compatibility for older Ryzen models. Um, so what, what you could do is, let's say you have a Ryzen like 1700, and you want to update to like a Ryzen 5700. Um, you would have your original 1700 in there, update the BIOS, that chip would no longer be supported and then you'd swap in the new chip that is now supported by the BIOS. Because it, it 32 megs is not a lot to work with. Pretty no. much everything you download now is going to be 32 megs. I have pictures that are bigger than 32 megs. Um, You're following all of this, right, Nicole? Good. Maybe. <laughs> But yeah, this is so, this is why I remain muted when I don't have anything clever to say. So, um, what this can do, like basically, you know, do do all the things you normally do. Most likely, even though yes, this could be an issue. Most likely, anybody listening to this isn't going to get this boot kit. You're still gonna have to download something, install it, and then reboot your computer to have it actually activate. I'm not sure how all that works. I really don't know how all that works. Uh, but I don't think that this is going to be much of a problem. That being said, they're going to take a year to fix this. That's not cool. Normal, isn't it? Ninety days? Doesn't? Uh, it kind of depends on the nature of the issue. That's uh, true. The people who I feel bad for are the people who are on LTSCs, and it's it's rough when you find an issue that's this compromising because even if you are taking steps to be edge secure, it's like well. Nobody caught it. Now we have an entire framework built on top of it. Uh, sorry that one brick was out of place. Your whole thing's unsound now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. Um, hopefully Microsoft will fix that. I know that, I think Apple has a slightly longer window where they can fix bugs. Uh, Microsoft is usually like 90 days, I think. But taking a whole year to fix kind of a big issue where people can... You know, hack your system even before you boot into Windows. It's pretty crappy. Uh, but we're gonna move on and we're gonna talk about Diablo. Well, Let's just, talk about some just video as games. A, just as a quick, just as a quick mm -hmm. disclaimer, in case anyone is listening is and is confused, I'm I'm not responsible for internet security at my organization. <laughs> That's good. I That's uh, good. I'm I am an on-air personality That's and good. reporter. Uh, the engineer here is amazing, so I'm not concerned. Yeah, that's, although maybe I should be. That's a big thing too. Like I remember working my first IT job. How many people called me, and there was that FBI virus, the ransomware that was going around, where it would say, "Hey, we found this, uh, you know, illegal stuff on your computer, or illegal images on your computer were from the FBI," but. <laughs> If you pay us 200 or 300 or 400, whatever the amount of money was, 
um, if you pay us this amount of money, we'll give you a code and you can bypass this. Just never, you know, look up those pictures again or something like that. And people would pay it because they're like, oh no, the FBI. Obvious and scam is obvious. It's, it's obvious scam, but people just, you know, they'll, they'll, they, that's the type of thing that this boot kit will probably do is more, it'll probably, if it, if somebody makes a boot kit out of it, it's going to be ransomware, something like that. Um, and they'll probably make it self-replicating. So if it gets on a server or it gets on a computer connected to a server, it will then just like try to spread out through the entire organization. And you have, you'll potentially have all of your servers and computers locked, which would be awful. Um, yeah. There was, and then there were al always the people who call you and they're like, hey, this is Dell. And we're noticing that your computer has malware. And I, I remember a call specifically where the lady was like, you know, I paid, you know, they wanted $300 or $200. And I, I was like, did you give them the money? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, great, I'll fix this. I get $9. I've seen... Uh, I've seen a, I've seen an email scam that has gone across two different organizations for mm -hmm. me where someone will send an email posing as like the boss, the CEO, whatever, and asking someone to go out and buy gift cards for them. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've had that happen as well. Um, somebody texted me with that and I was like, that seems, this seems fishy. Um, and then there was uh, another story that I heard where um, there was a company that's kind of gone downhill and the accountant would like the, the CEO me messaged the accountant was like, Hey, it's, you know, wire me $25,000. And the accountant's like, all right, whatever. And they caught him and the, okay. As an accountant, how are you just like, whatever over that much yeah, yeah. money? Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, is either that or C C O or whatever, whatever. Um, so the accountant wired the money, and then got caught, and they were investigating it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, this happens all the time." And so it showed, like, he showed records where it does happen all the time that this scammer just kept, you know, every couple of months being like, "Hey, wire me this much money." And so it happened for like a year. So there was like hundreds of thousands of dollars that had been wired to this person in wherever. So Holy scooters. Yeah. Whenever you see something suspicious like that, you know, you should probably question it, but we're going to move on and we're going to talk about Diablo. Um, this is one I think Nick Lotus brought up. Uh, Blizzard really yeah, does want you to make up on Polygon. I don't know anything about Diablo, but I thought you guys would have some stuff to say about it. So apparently they want you to make a new Diablo four character every three months. That's a pretty fast ladder. Yeah, it looks like they're going to be doing seasons in Diablo 4. Um, and those seasons are going to last about, you know, quarterly or three months. Um, with the first coming mid to late July. Um, again, this is from Polygon. A uh, matter of weeks after the game's launch on June 22nd, you'll need to complete a game's campaign in, uh, on one character before you can access it. The season will introduce fresh quest lines separate from the campaign narrative, as well as new gameplay features that will change the experience of leveling and developing your new character. 
all of which will be exclusive to the season and will be retired at the end of three months. Your seasonal character, however, will be moved to the Eternal Realm at the end of the season where it will remain playable. Each season will also bring standard patch content like balance changes and quality of life improvements. Um, so this seems... I, I don't know if I hate it. It seems fine. Because you can, like, it's not saying you have to, like, delete your old character. It's also not saying that you need to not be able to play the base game. This is for, like, additional content in so these it's, seasons. It's more, it's more encouraging you to create alts as opposed to starting all over. Yeah. Not necessarily. The, the ladder system is very familiar with Blizzard. That allows people to, like, try new builds as they continuously do the ever impossible task of balancing the game so usually what they'll do is like oh everyone's too strong of a necromancer this build next ring on the ladder we'll we'll nerf them and we'll make a build that's not so focused on you know whatever it is that was being broken and usually yeah. they, they fix one by breaking another and that's that's the circle of people chasing the meta yeah they yeah. they kind of already know what they're getting into if that's the the particular carrot on a stick they're trying to catch yeah, I mean, I, I haven't touched a Blizzard game since, gosh, I mean, back when the level cap was 70. I don't know how long ago that was yeah. on WoW. That I, I, that's the last Burning time I Crusade. touched a, Yeah, I, Burning I, Crusade I was the last time that I touched a Blizzard game when I was playing WoW and I had a, a level 70 Warlock. And, that was the uh, last time I was serious about any Blizzard product as well. Yeah. It's all been downhill from there. So, but this looks like it is encouraging you to create alts because for these new, for the new, like, additional content that they're adding, you start a new character for that specific content. Yes. And so, that's, that's usually what it is. Every new ladder you make, it, everyone starts with a new level one character. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's fine. I, I, I don't have a problem with this. I don't, I honestly don't know much about Diablo either. Uh, I thought the first, you know, the first game you killed, you killed Satan, you killed Diablo and, and then they kept going for some reason. And I was confused. Well, actually, uh, in Diablo three, the character of Lilith was introduced and it turns out that Lilith was the one who created all of Sanctuary, which is the realm where humans actually exist. I see. So okay, so this is, this is like impression just... inception right now. <laughs> you I'm, as I'm a robot, it's my... you. I did, did, did that's as much as i know of the story i'm not gonna play diablo 4 they me lost neither. me as a customer yeah so you know good luck people who play diablo i think durga's getting it um i have I hate... a weird oh i'm sorry go on i have a weird suspicion that they are going to try some sort of cash shop again probably not going to be as silly as it was before where it's like mm, you could make real money on our marketplace it's probably going to be more like hey Go to your mom's credit card, get nine ninety nine. You can buy some charms; those will help you. No, 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 and no, no, no. They they say it here. The premium battle pass has sixty three more tiers, which will which will reward you with cosmetics unique to the season and platinum currency that can be spent at the game shop. So they're gonna have not only that; it's gonna be each season will have their own special stuff. The accelerated pass is the same, but allows you to skip forward 20 tiers and comes with a cosmetic, uh, special cosmetic. 
The premium and accelerated passes will cost the platinum equi equivalent of $10 to $25. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so that's not, that's not fun. Every three months, another 25 to, uh, I, I, I'm going to say it's probably going to be more than that too. What they yeah. tend to do is they make it so if you buy points, it's never enough to finish a purchase unless you buy even more points. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm going to call it the League of Legends effect. There's probably a better name for it. Like, no matter what you purchase, you always have a couple of lingering points. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I don't like it. I just wish, like, honestly, uh, I, from what I recall, Nintendo's pretty good about it, where they're just like, yeah, you just add your credit card and pay 70 bucks or whatever like uh their mobile games are notoriously bad for that but oh are they i, I also wouldn't recommend playing nintendo they're, they're, they're just yeah slot machines they're all all like all almost all things with cash shops with their own like currency will do that where it'll be like you buy you spend ten dollars and you get 1200 points but the thing you want is either 1500 points so you need to buy more or is only a thousand points. So that way you have 200 points left over, which you can't buy anything with. So you have to buy more points. Mm -hmm. So that way you can, you buy something else. Exactly That's what I'm saying. Awful. Grinds my gears. Me too. But you know what other, you know what else grinds my gears? Intentionally getting into wrecks. Uh huh. Uh, I've never done that. <laughs> when I was hit by only a semi, accident. it was on accident. Um, so who is this? Somebody, this, somebody posted this, but uh, Trevor Jacob. Is that the person who did the? Yeah. It says Trevor Jacob faces up to 20 years in prison for an intentional plane crash and dismembering and hiding the aircraft's wreckage. The end of that? Okay, first off, it's a, this is from Gizmodo. But I was reading through that sentence, and it's like the plane crash and dismembering. I'm like, what the fuck did he dismember? It's just getting worse and worse and worse. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. It's just the plane. <laughs> but he, he's facing up to 20 years in prison. It says a YouTube, YouTube pilot has pleaded guilty to intentionally crashing an airplane um, and intent to obstruct a federal investigation. Trevor Daniel Jacob, 29 of uh, Nick Lotus, L Lompoc, California. Oh, um, I'm not sure, honestly. You're the I'm one who's like supposed to be able to say things. I don't. <laughs> I don't live. It's I've never Lampac, lived in California. Lampac, California. Lompoc, uh, California. I think it is. I used to live there too. Uh, do, do, um, do, 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 yeah, I, I'm. I'm guessing it's Lompoc. I'm not sure. Yeah. I've never lived in California. I didn't make it that far on my on my westward journey. Um, uh, while the plane crashed somewhere near the uh, Los Padres National Forest. Uh, Jacob installed numerous cameras to the plane before takeoff. Yes, because that's if you're going to intentionally crash a plane, you know what you want to do? You want to have it Recorded. on multiple camera angles. The insurance company will love you for it. Yeah, they will. Jacob installed numerous cameras on the plane before takeoff, according to a DOJ press release, and had equipped himself with a parachute and selfie stick, all of which captured Jacob ejecting himself from the plane and parachuting to the ground. Oh, no. He uploaded the 12-minute video to YouTube, which has 3.1 million views at the time of writing. Uh, not worth 20 years in prison, tell you that. The video shows him taking off 
uh, before claiming the plane was malfunctioning 35 minutes later when he parachutes out of the plane and the video shows it crashing to the side of a mountain. Jacob records himself hiking through the park and complaining of exhaustion before he's picked up by some local farmers. Um, Jacob reported the incident three days later and told the Federal Aviation... Okay, first off, do that immediately. You crashed yeah, a fucking plane. Hey, you can't um, do that, dude. Yeah. You can't just do that. <laughs> the, the Federal Aviation Administration, FAA, that he did not know where the airplane crashed, but he had it on camera. <laughs> but according to the press release, the United States Department of Transportation had opened its own investigation and found that he and a friend returned to the wreckage site on December 10th. Ooh, the two reportedly flew by helicopter to the scene of the crash where they secured and carried the wreckage to Rancho Sissiqua in Santa Barbara County and loaded it into Jacob's vehicle. Okay. So that is the part that is a big problem. They then disposed of it. Um, and then he also confirmed that he had, had hoped to make money through YouTube. Uh, it later said in the press release that further he further admitted that he lied to federal investigators when he submitted an aircraft accident incident report that falsely indicated that they had experienced a full loss of power approximately 35 minutes after takeoff. So I'm thinking he's he's probably he's definitely going to prison. Definitely going to prison. I don't think he's going to go there for 20 years. Uh since he admitted it, he's. I'm assuming he's going to plead guilty, and he's either going to, um, go to. I don't think he's going to go to court. He's probably going to go to plea deal. That's going to be for a couple of years. Yeah, he's going to get slapped on the wrist for lying during an investigation. Yeah, and the FAA might try to make an example of him. No. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you can't just crash your plane, dude. <laughs> Yeah, what he, I don't understand is why he would do this because it's money. But it, but it's so e it would be so easy to fake that without actually crashing a plane and committing insurance fraud and whatever else. Mm -hmm. Now, well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Aroa says on the YouTuber, uh, that's pretty self evident. Everyone is trying to be the new Mister Beast and waste thousands of dollars on something over the top and top and remarkable, remarkably irresponsible. Uh, I don't watch Mr. Beast. I know nothing about Mr. Beast. At least Mr. Beast sometimes gives people money. Yeah, there, there's a thing like he, he went and paid a lot of money. Like good on him for doing it, where he paid a lot of money to have a bunch of people's cataracts removed. Basically, I think that's what he did. Uh, you know, it's a procedure that takes five minutes, um, but it makes it so people are able to see. Because if you have cataracts, you you know, you can't see. You have cloudy vision yeah. all the time. And so he's like, yeah, we cured people of blindness because they were technically blind and we, we removed their cataracts and they're not blind anymore. Um, and so there's something to be said about that. Like, hey, good for you. You're using your money responsibly and, and helping people <laughs> out. Um, but there's also something to be said about, like, we should just do that. If, if it takes less than five minutes to do this surgery... Why does it cost so much money that people aren't able to get this surgery? Why does it either cost so much or why aren't we just all already covering that 
And why doesn't insurance cover that all the time? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. And that's something that Nick Lotus is like, nope, can't talk about. Nope, can't do it. <laughs> um, so we're gonna move on. But yes, this YouTuber definitely just wanted the views. He got them. He got 3.1 million views on the video. But as I said, not worth 20 years in prison or one year in prison or honestly a day in prison, especially when you're five foot six and 145 pounds. I don't want to spend a second in prison. I would. Hey, guys, this is Trevor Jacob coming at you from minimum security prison. Today this, we are going to make Bruno. And this is my daddy right here. Um, <laughs> that'd be awful. So uh, don't first off, don't. Don't watch uh, Trevor Jacob. He seems like a douchebag. Moving on. Another th thing that's a douchebag, Toyota. Oh, man, uh -huh. I, have a Pri I have a Prius. I like my Prius. It's really good. But Toyota as a company has been pissing me off lately in general. Again, this is from... Well, did Aroa post this again? Yes. Uh, um, yes. Basically, this is, I, I had to get a different link because that link that he posted wasn't working i think the the one that he originally posted he um, really blew it he really blew it it was from bleeping computers i don't know if you click on it uh can you tell me if it loads correctly for you because it was not loading for me uh yes it did load for me interesting whatever it doesn't matter i got it from another one called giz china so you know they're trustworthy um Toyota announced a cybersecurity issue which involves a subsidiary, Toyota Connected. In error, the company mistakenly published the personal information of about 2.15 million users online. The Toyota said the statement that the breach of user data was caused by a setup error in the cloud service. The leaked content includes vehicle serial numbers and location data. Toyota responds that the data was used for internal admin purposes and would not be traced to the user. Um, so it's they've leaked a bunch of data about your car to people. From the report so far, the data breach covers uh, Toyota T, Connect G, Link G, Link Lite, and, Link, and G Link from 2012 to 2023. This includes about 2.15 million users of the Book Telemax service. Also affected is dash cam footage uploaded to the cloud. Oh, that's not good. Using an enterprise service provider by Toyota Connect. One weird part of the data leak was that it was available online for years. The report from Reuters claims that the data was available to public from 2016, November of 2016 to April 2023. Toyota has uh, already taken action as the company says that all data is no longer online. Also, the company reveals that there's no evidence any data was used illegally. There's a huge consequence for such data leaks. Nobody wants their personal data to be public, especially if it's like dash cam footage. Like, what were you doing? Like, some of the dash cams they'll watch, like, you know, out of the vehicle, but I've seen one that also look at the interior of the vehicle as well. So, like, you can kind of see if the driver was fucking off when that crash happened. It just reminds me, and I know that's the intent is, oh, we could use it for insurance and liability, but like, yeah, think back to what was it two weeks ago? Maybe it was last week when we were talking about how people at Tesla were just sharing that shit in the office. That was like three weeks ago, I think. And yeah, like Tesla, they were like, 
watching people have sex in their car. And it's like, what? And they don't, the shitty thing is these companies don't suffer like anything, right? Like if, if we went and we stole this much data and leaked it online, we'd go to prison. Yeah. The dude who crashed their plane into the side of the mountain for clout is going to see more criminal justice than anyone related to this is going to see. Yeah. Um, and then of uh, Aroa says the Toyota thing is even more evidence of why we don't need cars with built-in smart features, especially ones like GPS and cellular capabilities. You would have needed to know the VIN of a car to stalk someone, but that's not even close to impossible to get. Car companies need to learn and stay in their lane, pun intended. Now, here's the thing. I think when Toyota says that none of the data was accessed by somebody else, they're probably correct. They they prob- they're like, oh, don't worry, we investigated ourselves. We're fine. Yeah, but uh, what is it like security through obscurity? Because it like, yeah, this vulnerability might have been there. Like somebody might have been able to access all this stuff. But if you don't know where you're fucking going online to access this stuff, then it like if nobody knows where like that, you can do it. Unless somebody's just like, oh, I wonder if you can do this. Like, I, I don't, I don't see it as that much of a. I like, guess it's a security hole. Yes, it's bad. I don't like that, but I do agree that they, they probably didn't have anybody access this data because nobody knew where to find it until now, and they took it offline. Um, and th- this. Toyota also did another thing, and I mentioned it, and I'm going to complain about it again, is that. Some of the newer Priuses um, have you can you, you can get remote start. They have remote start built in, which is great, right? You know, it's cold. You heat up your car or whatever, start up your vehicle, and then you you drive. But apparently, that was only good for three years, and then after the three years, you have to pay a monthly subscription fee to start up your car remotely. Awful, 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 terrible. Hate it. Why wouldn't you just? Repl- I'm, I'm sure that the answer is because they make it so you can't. But like, at that point, just replace the fob. Yeah, that, that is a part that could be removed and hot wired. Yeah, and a good thing. Another good thing is that my Prius is not a 2013 or newer one that runs off this book te- telematic service, so I don't have to worry about it. You know how my how my computer or uh, until today because I just installed Android Auto in my car, but it runs off of a DVD. That's how you get the maps for for my Prius, and oh, I think they yeah. upgraded it. Now that now now all the, all the cars have like Android Auto or some sort of Apple CarPlay or um, like some sort of Android based navigation that's built into the car. Now my car runs on Linux. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about one last story, unless Nicole had anything to add. She is not unmute. Oh, there no. we go. <laughs> Sorry, I had to unmute. Uh, no, don't have anything to add there. Uh, okay. You guys are the techies. I, uh, I just talk pretty for a living. Oh, good. That's, that's, that's more than we can do. We, we, we talk weekly, but not pretty. And Mama always said I had a face for radio. You talk smartly is the difference. Oh, I see. 
Um, and we're going to move on and we're going to talk about something that specifically applies to only Connor. Hey, I'm the one who suggested the story. I'm into it. Oh, I thought I thought it was. Uh... Oh, it was you. OK, no, it was talk to me. So what is this? OK, sorry, Nicole. So no, 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 no apologies. No worries. Uh, but basically, this is a, an article from Polygon. And the title of it is The Future of Tabletop Roleplay is Hope. And it's an article about the idea of the kind of subgenre of tabletop role-playing games called Hope Punk. And it, it's kind of a contrast to the, you know, doom and gloom. I'm sorry, Connor, like cyberpunk type games. About the term you're looking for is grimdark, and it is a genre. Yes, it is. And it is mentioned in this article, in fact. I, I was remiss in not mentioning it. But in any case, it's it's kind of uh, an article about some new a new a new kind of subgenre of of TTRPGs coming out that are are more positively angled and more more optimistic, and instead of you know going you know grimdark as as the as the genre and Connor say, it's it's more of um, a, an attempt to to reconnect and and look for the good. And it's it's pretty cool. Like a, an example that's brought up is a game that is called. I'm sorry, I'm scrolling to look for it. Are you going to reference Arcology World? No, actually. <laughs> it's one of the ones that are listed in the article. I'm I recognize a lot of the games and the inspirations that they are mentioning in this Polygon article. Yeah, and, and I could definitely have a conversation about the the place of the tabletop game in the social community. Yes, a lot of well, the I mean, games that they're mentioning are great examples for things that are aren't just going to get people to go around and be like, right, what do we stab this week? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, as and I, I know this is this is going to sound like so ridiculous because I'm so privileged to do the most amazing job in the world, but I, uh, you know, sometimes I get burnt out on on doom and gloom covering the news every day, and. You know, I, I don't particularly like really, really depressing or really messed up stuff for that reason, because reality is rough enough and I want an escape. And so I am behind this this idea of a positive movement in role playing games. Yeah, it it mentions here that and this is probably the only thing I can think of uh, other than, you know, like cheesy, like Care Bears and shit. Um, but like you have, like Star Trek. Like, there is conflict in Star Trek, but it's kind of like, at least with the the next generation and, and the original series, it's not, a, uh, it's not a world or a universe that you're living in where everything's super bleak, typically. Like, yes, there's conflicts, but, they, like, Earth is a utopia. Like, you, everything's paid for. Uh, replicators exist. Teleporters. Like... Yes, there's still things that go wrong where you have uh, in wars that you have, but it's not like everything's Blade Runner all the time, where it's I mean, just a dystopian it, it, future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, frankly, uh, I actually think about our current uh, campaign in Shadowrun with Connor because you know there's like the dystopian element, and you know it's very Fallouty and it's great, but it's not just constant bad. No, and sci-fi is always, not always, sci-fi should always be used to talk about the present. When you're looking at the future, it's because things are grim and dark right now. Yeah. The 
the the point that and i'm glad that you brought up star trek that's a really good uh jumping point for me here as far as like what kind of story you're gonna gather when you get your friends around a table and decide you're gonna play make-believe for a couple hours together can be impacted by the story and the 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 setting if you're playing a star trek you're not going to get so many of those man versus man stories and sure they can exist but you're probably going to see more cooperative sort of inclinations you're going to want to see people gathering unique skills and mindsets to solve a, a cooperative problem whereas other games i mentioned like uh, uh i'll pull out the return to the stars which is a fate style game that is going to be one that probably focuses a little more on the character development and growth of the individual as opposed to, you know, say the department to, to draw back to Star Trek. And that is the exact game I was looking for the name of. Thank you. So Star Trek also part of the reason you said that, you know, you're more cooperative and, and stuff. And you're not gonna, it, that was yeah, that was part of Gene Roddenberry's and they they stopped doing this because it was kind of dumb <laughs> is that he didn't want any conflict between the people on the ship so when he would like for part of the reason why the first season and a half of star trek the next generation sucked was because the writers would come to him with ideas and he would be like no zero conflict with the people on the on the ship. Was this I'm I'm assuming this was before the Kirk Uhura kiss. No. No, this is a uh, 90 uh well 80s. 80s. This is late 80s. Yeah. Because because the Kirk Uhura kiss is a classic example of abuse of power. Well, the, the yes, but also I think they're like mind controlled. In oh, that, no. I, I yeah, did yeah. not know that context, so I thought Sorry. there was I thought there was a reason why they kissed that wasn't just they wanted Hon to make out on the ship. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I honestly I honestly don't know much about that particular moment other than the historical significance of it. Yeah. They're on like they're they're under an arena kind of situation and they're trying to be like, We will not be your entertainment, blah blah blah. Yeah. It's I, it's not the best writing. I it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It was but there was a great few drama episode based on it apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I yeah, I, and that was you know that was a big deal, um, that, and she was just saying. But no, no, Connor, we cut you off. Please continue your what oh, yeah. you're saying. Fate, fate, fate. I mean, it wasn't fate. necessarily just about fate. It's the 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 core of my whole argument there is that finding a a good group that you mesh with, the stories that you're interested in telling might not necessarily be like, you know, hey, let's go find a dragon and take its gold or. And and the Shadowrun example, let's go find a corporation and steal all their money or whatever. Like, some people will be interested in doing things that aren't so violent. Like, and... someone is sick and tired of their ridiculous kept person life, and they just want to be another person now. You'll that's... have to wait to listen to that. Uh, yes, and that's just a lot of what we do when we communally tell stories of one another, like... We're still doing the escapism that we do when we play video games, read books, or watch TV or whatever, but we're more responsible. Uh, we're, we're more in control of what that story is. That's the appeal for a lot of people. And if you find something that's not telling the story that you want to tell because, oh, we need to facilitate it by killing dragons or, you know, whatever to, to satisfy the main gameplay loop, find a different game. 
that's what this Polygon article looks and what it's like. It's trying to say is you could find games that aren't just slay the beast. Uh, one of the examples they give here is Roots and Flowers, which is a game about community and caring. It doesn't necessarily look like a game I would be rivetingly going out of my way to play, but I do like what they're trying to do. Like they have simple rules for making characters. They have simple rules for what you bring to a game and tabletop stardew kind of yeah it's 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 promoting a lot of like being a group choosing the challenges that your group has which reminds me of a game that i played with my friends called uh, apocalypse world which i think they even mentioned in this article that one is indeed a, a game that's a little bit about like defend yourself against nuclear threats you know rad roaches and raiders and scavenges find clean water and stuff like that but it looks like they're using those same game principles, but instead of you need clean water, it's you need resource management. You you have poor infrastructure, you know? Fix it up. Yeah, it's that and they list if you're interested in any of these, the links are down below. Uh it's the Polygon article down there. Um and they have a list. They don't have a list, which I don't like. Um, but they have a lot of different games that are mentioned here. They have one that's Hey There Be Monsters. Um, they have one that's called Marvelous Mutations and Merry Musicians. Um, and, and they just An keep, article. Like, they want you to read it. They want you to read the article, but I would like at the end of the article be like, here are all the games that we, were, we spoke about. Just in case you didn't read the article. Yeah, too long, didn't read. Here are the games you should play. <laughs> here you go, Nathan. Yeah, exactly. Um. I read some of it, but I wanted to, I would like a list for our audience so that I could be like, here are all the things that they say in it. Here, here are the are 20 th games they listed. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of games Something that they're listed. Anime and these are more, you know, they're, they're more geared towards specific groups. Um, like, Hey, there be monsters or, um, marvelous mu mutations and merry musicians. So look, through the article and see which ones appeal to you uh, if you're interested in playing tabletop games. Uh, I do like that image that shows a guy playing a saxophone and he's also an octopus. I do enjoy that image. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty musical. cool. So that's Marvelous yeah. Mutations and Merry Musicians. Exactly. A collaborative post-apocalyptic RPG. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's, that's it. I don't think we had anything else to talk about this week. What's your favorite part of communal role-playing games, Nathan? Is, uh, it the, is it the fact that I forced you to play in mine and continue to force you to play in mine? I like killing things. Can I continue things. to write Drek for you <laughs> to listen uh, to? I, uh, I play Snake Triss when that happens. Um. <laughs> Some of my characters have these great vibrant backstories that they're cooperatively helping me write. Other characters just want to drive the car. I like driving the car, okay? He's I, I really good at knocking little... stuff over, to be fair. I do it one time. I try I hit pancetta one time with my car. That's all it takes, man. I know. So, uh, I, I, I like playing it. It's fun, learning the rules What about and you, everything. Nicole? What is your favorite part of being at the tabletop experience? Well, this... Uh, well, the... Honestly, our Shadowrun game is the first campaign I've made it past a few weeks with. And so it's been very, very uh, 
There's something appealing to it, obviously. Obviously. Uh, well, I mean, there's, you know, uh, there's been different reasons for stuff. Like, you know, a group just kind of organically falls apart because, you know, life. And then, you know, sometimes there's just not the right kind of chemistry. And, you know, there's a couple different factors. But in any case, you know, Shadowrun, I was, I was not ready for it because I, I just had the, the idea of role-playing games as a D&D type thing. But I'm super into it now, as is evidenced by, well, as will be evidenced by what you hear later on from my character. <laughs> Stay tuned in like three months from now or something. You're right. Uh, but I don't know. I've, I've, been, I've been interested in, in the tabletop RPG kind of world for a while, and I've attempted it a couple of times with mixed results. But this is the first successful campaign where like everybody likes each other and we actually get stuff done and it's it's really satisfying and I'm so happy that I finally found a kind of home group for that. And I definitely want to say you don't always find a good group. Like I've definitely been with people who I'm just you, you'll feel it like when, when you're in a, a, a toxic group, you can kind of feel the poison and uh it's good to have a group that doesn't make you feel like that. That's a good sign that yeah. you're in the right place. Yeah. No, and I mean, like, I, I consider all you guys, like, legit friends, so. Everyone but Nathan. And no, so, ju just so you know, uh, this is getting really mushy. And, like, when anything gets mushy, I'm going to run away. So, thank you for being here, <laughs> Cyberpunk Monk. Thank you for being here, Aroa Punk Monk. I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's not who you are. <laughs> Whoever okay, I now, am. But, okay, but now, now, like, legally, you have to do an Aroa impression, Connor. Um, yeah, you know, I was glad to be here. Uh, I got to go play some World of Warcraft now. I got to wait for my cooldowns to finish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you for being here, Nicole. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, hanging out with my friends is. It's a great thing to do on my Mother's Day. You're welcome. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's my, Day. I, before we go, I wanted to say, so do you, have you ever heard of a half birthday? It's part of, like, uh, apparently Al Alice in Wonderland, like six months. Yeah. Every six months, so you get your half birthday. And mm -hmm. I, somebody told me about that years ago. And I was like, oh, that should be coming up for my girlfriend. So I looked it up, and it's tomorrow. Um, oh, you should do something really cute for her. I bought amazing. her. I bought her two half pies for <laughs> her so half cute. birthday. That's um, adorable. Because because the Safeway here will sell half of a pie, and so I bought her That's half cool. of a strawberry rhubarb pie and half of an apple pie. And she's like, nice. "You got me pie? I'm on a diet." And I was like, "Have pie," because. Have you considered eating pie about it? Yeah. Have you, have you <laughs> she's like, I was going to have a smoothie. I'm like, ah, you can have a piece of pie instead. And she's like, well, yeah. you're going to have to eat most of it. Oh, so darn. I, I ate a piece. She Took ate a piece. Pain, and then she ate another piece. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I, think, I, think, I think you get it. I, th yeah. I think you know her a little bit. I do. That's, so that's I, cute. I have been... Your host, Nathan Reigns. Ruth, we'll be back next week. Uh, thank you for being here. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Make Serena toxin today.